Okay, 735 at DWS, Dave Gentry, C.W. Greer, and I've been looking forward to this all week. Steve Beckett with us this morning. Steve, how are you, sir? Good morning, Dave, C.W. Good morning. I'm, I'm a little upset. You know, Why is that? Well, a month ago, we solved all the world's problems. And now back. it's a month later, and we have <laughs> we have new problems. We have new problems. Yeah, yeah, we do. Oh my goodness! Well, what about this deal with the CDC and the vaccine boosters? Do you use? I, I don't understand. I mean, I, <laughs> okay, I truly, I'm glad you said no, that. No, I don't understand. I don't. I, I, I don't. Uh, the first question, of course, I didn't have Pfizer. Yeah. So have they right. answered that? You know, if you didn't have no. Pfizer, do you get the Pfizer booster? You know, is it? Uh, no, mixing nobody... the apple juice with orange juice. I mean, mm-hmm. what, yeah, what, what is it? <laughs> I don't know. Because it seems to me, if you start with one brand of drug, you're supposed to stay with that, aren't you? Right, right. I, you know, so, it's like making boilermakers, right? It's, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so I, I don't get it unless Moderna puts something out. I'm just going to sit at home. The way it looks to me, right? I, I agree. Dr. Rochelle I rarely Walensky. agree with you, Dave, but this <laughs> well, morning I agree with you. I, I appreciate that. Thank you, you bet. Thank you for putting that on the record. That's the only one we'll have today, I'm sure. But Okay, and the Cowboys beating up on the Haitians. Uh, the makeshift encampment of Haitian migrants under a bridge in the Texas border town of Del Rio has been reduced in size by nearly two-thirds as of yesterday, with the Department of Homeland Security officials saying there were about 4,000 people left. Just days earlier, there'd been nearly 15,000 migrants there. The unnamed DHS officials told journalists that some 1,400 of those evacuated had been sent to Haiti. 3,200 were in U.S. custody and being processed, and 7,000 had returned to Mexico. Um, I don't know about you, Dave, but... I've decided that there is no correct way to do this. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. after going through several administrations, and they've all had different ideas, and none of them have worked to my satisfaction. No, I I don't get it. There's there's always some yay who decides to get on a horse with a whip, you know, that despite my best intentions, uh, sends an image that's completely different than what I might have intended. Well, and i got to hand it to... uh, you know, the uh, House of Representatives and others, they told uh, Border Patrol no more horses. Yeah. <laughs> so there we are there. I hadn't heard that. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. So we've got that going on. We're shipping them here, there, and yon. I, I'm not sure that's an effective way to handle with this, but well, it's, I don't uh, know what the solution is. I do don't you? either. We're we're kicking the can down the road, aren't we? Yes, we are. Again. We're so not. there's another problem I haven't been able to solve. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, try me again. We had such a good record going last <laughs> Yes, month. we did. We did. We were all smiling when I, we ended. I think, I think we sang Kumbaya. I think we held hands and sang <laughs> yeah. Kumbaya. Yeah, that is correct. Not this month, I'm afraid. Here we go. The House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol issued its first subpoenas yesterday for records and testimony from four advisors and associates of former President Donald Trump who were in contact with Trump before and during the attack. Their former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, former uh, White House Deputy Chief of Staff for Communications Dan Scavino, former Defense Department official uh, Cash Patel, and former Trump advisor Steve Bannon. Well... 
Have you read the Eastman memo? No, I have not. Okay, the Eastman memo is chilling. Yeah. This is a lawyer for Trump right. who mapped out in numbered steps the way that Trump was going to uh, remain in office. Mm-hmm. Illegally, I might add, right. remain in office. Uh, very, very, very scary. Very, very frightening that that. And so, you know, all of the critics of the House Select uh, Committee need to be reminded that this was not a peaceful protest where the folks there got too enthusiastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've had a consensus uh, among the three of us mm-hmm. that this should probably never happen again. Right. And if there's a way to determine how it will never happen again, that's what we ought to do. And I think that ought to be the goal of the House Select Committee. Does this advance that goal? I guess we won't know until those people come and talk. And I bet you there'll be a fight to the death before they'll come and talk. Yeah. It sounds like they're mm-hmm. going to end up in court with this. I would like to hear what Steve Bannon has to say. And the deputy, uh, the White House Deputy Chief of Staff for Communications, Dan Scavino, I'd like to hear what he has to say as well. So, Well, it could be... Uh, as uh, remarkable as those old Watergate hearings, those you know when we were younger, those uh-huh. were mm-hmm. those were really kind of fun if, and uh, and and fun to see the inside of uh, government. Mm-hmm. It was, and it was fun to see the different people involved with it on both sides. Right? No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Some were the Senate Select Committee on Watergate. <laughs> Select <Ooh>. Committee. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the House Select Committee, we're still uh, waiting on what they've got. They've uh, well, they've only had one set of hearings, right? And so I think that's right. So the so. rest of it's all been uh, subpoenas and and uh, wringing their hands. And what do we do next? Mm-hmm. What happened last Saturday? I was on pins and needles last Friday, thinking about yeah. what was going to happen in Washington last Saturday, and I never really heard much of anything out well, of that. Well. Um, what I learned was that the security forces outnumbered the demonstrators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, they only had a couple hundred people right. show so up, didn't they? I took that as a as a sign that maybe there's a an ebb and flow of this towards peace. Mm-hmm. Maybe so. Well, I had to. You know, believe- CW and I out in the green room. That's what we talk about: is peace, <laughs> peace and love. Is that right? Yeah, we do. Well, yeah, we don't talk politics. We I'm, talk peace and love. I'm right? here on a daily mission to bring peace to the world, Steve. <laughs> That's my goal every day. When I come in here, and I fail at it every day. It's and and except for last month. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. It was. I kind of floated when I got out of here. You know. <laughs> I, I'm sure you did. Yeah, it, was, uh, it, it was a magic moment. It Jeez. really was. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're right back where we were. Yeah. The number of disruptive air passengers is down sharply but still high. What do you what do you make of that thing? Um people want to travel. Mm-hmm. People do want to travel and uh you know there's a we just have kind of a spirit within us that we don't like this pandemic keeping us down yeah and you know plus our families are scattered scattered all over the country sure as well so uh, we want to do that i i think what what has been hurt is the kind of uh tourism vacation even state to state to state uh, i wonder what the numbers are at yellowstone for example um, and you know, in places like that, are they? I think the well, national sure parks so. were up. This. I, I think sure we had a story so. on that a couple yeah. of days ago. Maybe, okay. yeah. I believe well, they are. Good, good. See, 
you've brightened my day. And I, I think those people were traveling by car. I don't think they were. <laughs> well, what about I don't the, think they were flying. What about the concern for violence on flights, Steve? I mean, oh, how, do we, how do we handle that? I don't know. It's, you um, put the sky marshals back on. Is that what we need to do for a while until things straighten up? Why do we have so many knuckleheads? I, just, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. Yeah. Because they were showing tapes the other day when they had uh, the FAA was talking about all this stuff, and they said the number's down, but it's still high. Well, you did it again. You've got another problem that I can't solve. Yeah. FAA Administrator Stephen Dixon said this remains a serious safety threat. Airlines reported about six incidents of disruptive passengers for every 10,000 flights last week, down about half from February and March. But about the same as late June, about three-quarters of the incidents this year involved passengers refusing to wear face masks. Yes. That, fa- okay. that, that mask fiasco is going on as we speak. And if you don't like it, I understand that. I really do. But when they tell you up front... Mm-hmm. Right, you have to wear gonna your mask. To, you're going to have to put it on. Right. Yep. Then, and so they do, and then they get on the plane right. and they take it off. Right. Pretty clear. Yeah. If, uh, it seems that way right. to me. If yeah. you don't want to right. wear the mask, don't then get on the plane. Exactly. Yeah. Well, see, we solved that one. Okay. <laughs> well, good enough. You're done. FedEx is having to reroute some 600,000 packages a day because of a labor shortage, they say. Um, we're having labor shortages everywhere. everywhere. Mm-hmm. The restaurant business and mm-hmm. everywhere. Just the... Is it the jobs are there. I mean, you hear these stories about job fairs, and yeah. they've got hundreds of jobs yeah. available, and 30 people show up. Is it because the government's putting out too much money? Is that the deal? Because I find that kind of finite. It's going to end, for goodness well, sakes. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, there, and most of it has ended. Yeah. Unemployment and then maybe a $300 bonus or mm-hmm. something like that. Well, that's fine, but that's not enough to make a living. I don't understand right. the idea behind this. I think for some, even just getting out, of, not, and not for the majority, but for some, just getting out of the habit of getting up every day for however long they were off, I think now, I think some of them are like, well, I can adjust my income and I can still not show up. Show up. I mean, I, I, I don't get that. Well, I, I, I at some point, either. you're going to get hungry. You betcha. Well, yeah. FedEx is having to reroute some 600,000 packages a day because of a labor shortage, leading to longer delivery times. And somebody was saying that the other day, that, well, if you want something for Christmas, you better order it now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, came, the I came into September. the studio in a fairly good mood. <laughs> well, and now you're, you're getting mad, aren't you? Well, this is how I've been all morning. I'm just like, See, I, try, I tried to keep it all calm in the green room, and now, Dave, yeah, you're yeah. Mr. Peace over here. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> The president and CEO of FedEx saying investors during an earnings call yesterday stated that the labor shortage was the biggest issue facing our business and a big reason behind the company's 7% profit decline in the quarter that ended the end of August. He said the labor problem could last into the holiday season as FedEx is looking to hire 90,000 employees for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Well, that's part of the problem. They're just hiring those people for the holidays. Temps. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They're all temps. Yeah. But a good portion of those businesses do keep people on after the fact if uh, if they're if they're good workers. Not the majority, but there, there's yeah. people that can move into positions though. But and nobody's no, interested but in taking a temp job the no, way it looks. Not even trying to start down on the bottom and move up. 
Well, come on, Dave. Come up with something that'll bring a smile to our face. Okay, I'll try. I, I've got one for you. I've got one for you. I, t- I told CW. Yep, yep. Okay. Yeah, I had a friend in town last week. We were yep. talking about we don't have the chief. Uh-huh. So what are we going to do about the Illini? <laughs> and uh, a friend suggested the cicadas. <laughs> you know, every the 17 cicadas. years they come yeah. alive. <laughs> I, I think I see where you're headed here. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to do better. We'll probably be the 13-year cicadas. So the chief I brought a smile show, to your face. The chief just shows up every 17 <laughs> uh, years. Is that no, what you're suggesting? No, don't or? get me started on that. <laughs> it's curious. Oh, my. Okay. Hey, post-pandemic, we're going to have the Half Century Club. Now, okay. they tell you the history of the Half Century Club. So, you know, back in the old days, um, every fall, the farmers would come into town. They'd go to Crystal Lake, and they'd mm-hmm. have a big picnic and they would all talk about where everybody came from and how long they'd been in Champaign County and what kind of year they had and sure. whose relatives are marrying who and who's what, you know, et cetera. And I got formalized in about 22 as the Half Century Club. And the Half Century Club was this unique club. It would have a dinner in the Methodist Church in uh, Urbana. Uh, and to come, to be a member, uh, all you had to do was come to dinner and bring a dish. Mm-hmm. Uh, no dues. No program. Always have a speaker to talk about the history of Champaign County. Well, obviously, we didn't have it last year because of the pandemic. Yeah. But we have it this year. It's uh, October 14th. Okay. It's going to be at uh, Lincoln Square. Balderatus is uh, going to cater it okay. uh, for us. We're giving out uh, what we call the J.O. Cunningham Awards. Everybody knows who Judge Cunningham was. Uh, and among the recipients are Julie Pride uh, and Perry Morris. Um, and I, there are two others that escaped me right this minute. I apologize for that. Uh, costs thirty dollars a person. Half century uh, is construed very liberally, but Champaign County for fifty years—it's uh, a great event. Mm-hmm. Is everybody going to have to mask up before they go in there? We're going to have to mask. Okay, I just wanted right, to know. We that. follow guidelines. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, one of our recipients is Julie Pride. She's going to be oh, right there. Yeah. So you <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah, I never come thought on. about that. <laughs> Uh, here's one for you. The London, Kentucky Police Department got a letter thanking them for the random act of kindness more than seven decades ago. Back in 1950, a young couple stopped in, uh, in London, Kentucky for lunch, and when they returned to their car, they found a red card under the windshield wiper that had the town's parking regulations on it instead of a ticket. Decades later, the man has returned the card to thank the police, saying his wife carried it with her until the day she died. He wrote, for two 17-year-olds, we didn't have extra money for a parking ticket. My wife carried this card in all her wallets since then, and we often talked about how kind your city is. So I just thought that was kind of a nice story. It really is. That's the kind of thing that CW and I were talking about in the green room. Yes. Well, that's what a nice... Peace of joy to end this on, Dave. My goodness. I'm glad to help. <laughs> you know, Mr. Peace. I feel for both of you right here. <laughs> That's where we are. All right, Steve. Thank you, sir. Thank we you. We appreciate it.